Did you know that Metro is remodeling hundreds of stores to make them fit for our delivery business of tomorrow? And did you know that our macro store Chernimost in Prague already generates a large part of its sales from food service distribution? No problem, because I didn't know it either. But I found out. For you. Have fun with it. The delivery of our customers is Metro's growth engine. Within its score strategy, Metro wants to triple its delivery sales by 2030. In order to achieve this, around 500 stores are now being converted step by step so that they can be used not only as wholesale stores, but also as warehouses and distribution centers. How this transformation is taking place and what opportunities it offers for our business, that's our topic in this episode of More Podcast, Wholesale to the Max. And for this, I would like to welcome you very warmly. This is Bernd Roder from the Internal Communications Department of Metro AG. My guest today started at Metro in 2010 and has been involved in the topics of delivery and food service distribution for many years, not only during his time at Metro Italy until 2016, but also after that at Macrospain, where he was most recently management director for supply chain, And for about one year now, he has been in charge here at Corporate of Metro's global multi-channel network transformation. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Joachim Lindner. Hi, Bernd. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to have you here in my little podcast studio at the Metro Campus in Düsseldorf. Um, yeah, I've just mentioned the term multi-channel network transformation. Joachim, um, imagine you're standing at the bar with a friend, having a beer, and then you are talking about your jobs. How do you explain uh, what you actually do here at Metro? That's a good question. Uh, first of all, uh, impressive that you managed to say this long, tricky word, multi-channel network transformation. That's why you see the MNT acronym uh, probably in a couple of places. I would say, and you said it nicely in the introduction, um, Connecting to our score strategy, which is a growth strategy, uh, and it's a multi-channel growth strategy. So because we have an ambition to grow our cash and carry massively and on the FSD, the delivery part of our business, triple our turnover until 2030. And that requires um, infrastructure. And that's uh, where network transformation comes in. I would always say this is the part where it gets dirty because we break down walls here, uh, we create cold rooms, uh, docks, um, we break a floor to create a, a frozen cell. So that is creating the infrastructure that we need, especially for the delivery activities and very often inside our stores that we transform into multi-channel fulfillment centers to be able to sustain the growth ambition that we have in, in FSD. Yeah, and what this multi-channel network transformation is about in detail, why it is important for Metro and the implementation of our score strategy and how our Metro stores will change in the future. All this, dear colleagues, you will learn in this episode of More Podcasts. And also in this episode, it won't be missing the sound souvenir because like all my guests, you, Joachim, have recorded a sound with your mobile phone that you associate with something inspiring or motivating. And we will listen to that at the end of this episode. First, let's talk about our metro and macro wholesale stores, because in future, these will not only work, as you said before, as traditional wholesale stores, but also as distribution platforms 
uh, for the delivery of our hospitality and trader customers. Joachim, does Metro's transformation into a pure wholesaler also mean that we will be more of a logistics company in the future? That is for sure a big part of it because we see that in many markets, the distribution part of our customers, so the goods that they buy, purchase in distribution channels from us, but also from competition is bigger than the cash and carry part. And this is why it's connected to our score ambition to triple the turnover there uh, is where we want to tap massively into this distribution part. So yes, we will become an even more professional, let's say, distributor with, uh, of course, the facilities, uh, the infrastructure, the processes, and also the digital parts or the uh, IT solutions behind that will make us a multi-channel champion to the to our customers. Yeah. And maybe to be a little bit more concrete, why is this interlinking? So the close interaction between our stores on the one hand and the delivery business on the other so important for achieving our score goals? Yes, you can see that because When we talk about the delivery part and the FSD business that is driving a big part of our growth ambition, this is bringing to us an, a couple of activities, logistics activities that in the cash and carry part, the customer is doing for us. And we talk very simply, pick, pack, consolidate your order and ship it home. That are parts that the cash and carry customer does when he comes shopping. And these are activities that we will have to do inside our stores and then ship them to the door of our customer. Our countries have been planning their roadmaps in this transformation. Coming from their ambition, uh, the market potential, and looking far ahead to 2030, also in line with the horizon for our score strategy. And then understanding what will be the delivery business that I will have to deliver, and how does this translate into logistics volumes, into orders, and therefore, in the end, square meters, uh, ramps, and trucks that I will have to have ready to ship these goods to my customers. And that is what our countries have, let's say, elaborated as their initial MNT roadmap. So um, from today to 2030, how will the capacity, especially in the delivery part, grow? And then this translates into the roadmap of the 330 transformation projects that we will have uh, yeah. in our stores worldwide. Yeah. yeah, our score goal is to triple our delivery sales to over 12 billion euros. And the share of delivery should have grown to one third um, of Metro's total sales by 2030. So it seems quite obvious um, that we ha first have to create the necessary conditions for this. Joachim, what is the concrete objective behind building up our delivery capacities? Exactly as you say. So growing from 22% today, um, the FSD share to above 33% uh, in 2030 means we will need massively square meters, cold rooms, ramps, consolidation areas, and then of course for the last mile also the ability to deliver. That means we will take 600 million euros in our hands to create this infrastructure in the coming years in order to create this capacity to reach our goal, the triple, as you say, the FSD sales until 2030. Yeah, yeah Metro has a total of about Uh, 660 mm -hmm. locations, so far as I know. How many of these stores are to be upgraded for delivery? We have a project pipeline of 330, of which most of these projects will happen in the stores. Uh, if you look at the split, almost 70, 75% of the money that we take into our hands will go into store remodelings. And it's also true that by 2030, most of the FSD volume we will deliver out of our stores, but this is like a 60% from the stores, 40% from our standalone depots. So these are logistics warehouses where no cash and carry customer enters. 
And, and how many standalone depots are you planning in addition to the story modeling? This is a very good question, Ben, because the number is changing. So yeah. uh, as I said before, from the 330 projects that we have in the pipeline today, we see 50 to 60 depots planned. But the countries are rethinking this also thanks to the, the great work done in the multi-channel fulfillments and the blueprint work. So I think as a company, we have learned and we have a a steep learning curve there, which is, you will hear quite often the word, sweat the assets. So mm. how much capacity in distribution can we get out of our metrocation carry stores when we transform them to multi-channel fulfillment centers? This is uh, the work that Philippe Arnoul is doing, uh, has, mm. has been prototyped with especially the colleagues in uh, Poland, Macro Poland, and also in, in Romania, and is now being rolled out and evolved. And By the way, I can even share a personal experience or a personal learning curve on that. In my time, as you mentioned, as a supply chain director in Spain, we created the first initial M&T roadmap mm -hmm. also for Spain, as all the countries did. So uh, what is my uh, market potential in uh, the various areas in the Andalusia? And we looked at uh, the Canary Islands, which, which is one of the biggest um, high-density horeca markets in Spain. And it's highly concentrated, polarized on this island in Tenerife, especially between the south and the north. If you look at this from a logistics angle, your answer would be perfect. I plug a depot in the middle yeah. between the two and I serve from there. It's an easy one hour drive time from the middle to the south end and to the north end. Uh, I build a depot there and I serve both parts. Yeah, which is from general perspective, um, the best idea to put yeah, such a standalone delivery depot in a central strategically uh, well-placed location instead of converting, yeah, hundreds wholesale stores for the delivery is such a huge effort. Exactly, exactly. Plain Manila, um, <laughs> and from a logistics point of view, no-brainer, you would call yeah. it. Then, um, and this was also uh, the assumption in our initial roadmap. Now the colleagues in uh, in Macro Spain have evolved, have uh, rethought and have pressure tested as well the capacities that we have in our two stores. There. We have two stores on the island already. Uh, one, Areje in the south, very small, um, uh, where there's a high concentration and with little room to spare more square meters out of this store without harming the cash and carry business. It's a booming cash and carry store mm -hmm. as well. And one in the north, in La Laguna, um, where yes, there is some capacity, some square meters that are able to rededicate to delivery operations. And that um, is now what the colleagues came up with to say, no, we don't need to build a depot. We transform the La Laguna store into a powerhouse, an MFC, a multi-channel fulfillment center. Mm -hmm. And that means you will have uh, next to the cash and carry sales area, a zone of 3,500 square meters that are separated from the cash and carry area. And where you will have the high rotation articles for FSD, the most relevant uh, SKUs, they will be uh, stored there. So you can do the picking without uh, disturbing the cash and carry part. You can control the availability better. And of course, you have the outbound zone where you prepare the orders, you organize your routes, and then the ramps uh, behind that where you ship to the customers. One uh, important part, you might think, where do these 3,500 square meters come from? And here is where this M&T um, roadmap or this M&T program is massively connected as well to the commercial transformations that we run mm -hmm. uh, as part of the SCORE strategy. So the offer transformation precisely takes out redundancies. There was the podcast yeah. with, uh, with Patron, with um, Patron yeah. who was commenting on that. So without losing, let's say, diversity and attractiveness of our assortment to the customers. Yeah. And this creates space as well. 
on the cash and carry sales area that we can perfectly take, let's say, as happy customers in the network transformation to say we rededicate these areas to logistics spaces. And here's where we organize the logistics activities of picking and consolidation and shipping. Yeah. And then the standalone delivery depot, which you planned or the Spanish colleagues planned in the first phase, you don't need it anymore. Exactly. We will not need to launch the depot. Yeah. And this combination is something that in clusters we are rethinking and can be done to avoid the very costly investments into greenfield or into additional infrastructures like uh, like the depot. And this is something that we will see that most of the countries are doing. So knowing how to run efficiently delivery activities in our stores allows us to be more space efficient in the multi-channel fulfillment centers. Yeah, but I would like to get back to the planning of um, mm -hmm. the whole network of our metro stores. How did you develop a comprehensive plan for the entire location network of Metro? This was a, a very massive exercise run in all the countries uh, in parallel. The country started with clustering their entire market, their entire country into geographical clusters, markets, um, say metropolitan areas and areas that have a certain concentration of their customer potentials. Where uh, is the best point of departure? And this gives you an idea of where your delivery starting point, uh, point of departure should be. And you will also, uh, based on the sales projections, the volume projections that you have for this geographical cluster, know the capacity in terms of logistics units. So coming from this market projection, it was drilled down uh, on a cluster base into what are the logistics capacities that I have to build. And then here comes the part connecting to what we discussed just before. What is the most efficient way of building this capacity? There was a check done starting from the existing asset, which is our stores uh, in this cluster, in this area. Can we create this with our existing stores? And uh, if not, then we jump, let's say, to this conclusion that we it's, it is wise and the most efficient one is building a standalone depot at mm. some point. Yeah, I can imagine that many internal and external experts are involved in both the planning and the actual implementation of the network transformation. Yeah, how are the rough steps of such a store transformation and who's mainly involved in it? Yes, and that's true. Actually, the whole company on all levels is involved. Everything starts with our commercial colleagues because they have to, let's say, place an order on the sales volumes in this area um, that then the logistics team can take to transform it into logistics throughput, let's say. So it starts with the commercial teams, the sales force, um, the, um, the operations teams. What are the customers? What is my projection of the sales ramp up that I have in this area? That is very important. Then uh, as well from our commercial side and with the offer, depending on what I sell. So the commercial side also models, let's say, the basket that we will be selling. And with this, we have a first input into our exercise, which is the sales contribution and the profit that we will generate on a very high level. And with this now, the next uh, team of experts, and we do this in a co-creation work, so the country is in the lead, of course, but here we have uh, our corporate experts, uh, our global FSD team, and understanding what is the best, uh, let's say, logistics operation to do this, the uh, MFC team, then the supply chain teams uh, in the country and also here in, you know, in our center come into the game. And then uh, very quickly, our colleagues from the technical operations teams in the countries 
hand in hand with uh, metro properties in terms of what is the ideal layout. So where to place these areas in the store to reduce to a minimum the disturbance for the cash and carry mm. customer during the remodeling. That's an important uh, aspect to consider. And as well to do it most cost efficiently. And then once this is done, we have a sales projection um, assumption on, let's say, the square meters, ramps uh, that we will need, buffers to store all cages, uh, a cost projection of what this will cost, then it comes, uh, the, let's say, the involvement of our financial teams come to the to the table. And that is, of course, the CFO on the country level and our investment management, Jifko Simon and the team here, mm -hmm. that will prepare an investment proposal saying, okay, does do the two ends meet? So what I project commercially, what it will cost me or how I plan to do this? And then uh, do we land inside our payback guidance? Does it create value? to the customer, but as well to the shareholder. And then once this is sound, uh, we take it to the investment committee and it uh, gets approved um, if it's attractive, an attractive investment. Um, and then uh, the execution part starts, uh, which is the exciting part. Um, and now uh, in the coming uh, months uh, and years, uh, we will see uh, our remodelings and network projects going live. Okay, Joachim, we've talked a bit about how we make our metro stores ready for the delivery business of the future. And we will talk more about that in a moment. But now we want to know more about you personally, Joachim. And for this, uh, we have our little questionnaire, what scores for you, which yeah, similar to score is about what is important to you and what you would like to achieve someday. So I would say, let's get started. Let's dive right in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So here's the first question. What is your core? Means what special strengths do you have, Joachim? I think, well, let me start from the end. What motivates me and what gives me the energy uh, to do my job and to deliver my utmost is that to see joint efforts come to a success. And to success means it, that wasn't easy to achieve. And I think I've developed the capability to bring people together on something that looks impossible uh, <laughs> from the first moment and energize them, engage them on, on, a, on a common goal. And I think that leads back uh, when we designed the Depot Milano from every single perspective, it was impossible. We had no mm. warehouse. We didn't know how to run delivery processes. We didn't know which assortment to put. We had no idea on the, on the IT system. So all of this in each functional individual perspective looked impossible to do. And then it was um, amazing. Uh, we had people to involve and then bringing this to a, to a consensus into one joint product. This is something that, I, that I've developed further. So bringing people together on something that seems impossible, uh, jointly uh, get it done. Yeah, yeah. Sounds really great. Um, what small or big goals have you set for yourself? I mean, the big goal is to support our M&T companies and countries yeah. in their M&T roadmap implementation. So get these projects properly designed so they are attractive, approved, and then, yeah. of course, they go live. Uh, I'm burning to see the doors opening, <laughs> uh, the first trucks leaving, and, of course, our customers yeah. being happily uh, delivered with a high service level. That's what we do this for. Yeah. And then uh, we will see the sales coming in. Yeah. This is your business objective. Do you have something yeah, really personal? Indeed, we have just come back from nine years outside of Germany as a family, yeah. and that uh, band is indeed a challenge. So yeah. I think personally, 
to finding our way, way back into as Germans uh, yeah. back into Germany. That is quite an interesting challenge. Not only from uh, let's say the, the the trivial things like lunchtime is not at 2 p.m. anymore, like in Madrid <laughs> in the past seven years, but at 12. Uh, yeah. And uh, of course uh, the the little things that come with it. But I promised to myself to bring some Latin education back, let's say, into the into the German uh, culture. So that is let's say on a personal side my my ambition. Yeah. Yeah. And I can really imagine this is something yeah which uh, takes time and costs also some strengths that you need to invest in all the rearrangement of the family life um what is your way to achieve your goals is there something yeah that you know really try to to change in in your um daily work or um in your family life is there something special i think It's good to talk to and go to people uh, who've done this before and can share their experience. And this is, we have lots of friends, colleagues here uh, in the Metro family uh, and also around at the school that are ready um, to listen over a coffee. And uh, they just have an, have an open ear or they can share some experience, how they handle it. And that is, uh, that is very helpful. So um, going to, uh, to people who can lend an ear and sometimes it's only that. Um, yeah. So they support with the, uh, with good energy it's amazing we are a huge family here a lot of international people um, we feel very international now even coming back uh, into our home country and it feels like you land again into a, in a new country and there's lots of advice from nice uh, colleagues left and right yeah and maybe coming back to your business target um, what milestones do you use to measure your progress so how do you judge your success maybe Beside all the KPIs and figures on so on, is there something, something where do you see, okay, things are changing, things are moving? Well, this is very tangible, Bernd, because in, in our case, what we do and if we do it right, uh, you can touch it. Uh, mm. So the milestones that we, that we have in this year, 33, 32, 33 projects uh, in the pipeline uh, that becoming operational this year. And next year we have to deliver another 50. So um, that is the milestone and it continues like this. So the drumbeat um, is, is high. So delivering those with all the intermediate milestones so that in the end, uh, what we can see is that the first uh, trucks leave our ramps and deliver to our customers. Us. that is the milestones mm. um, that we are poised to achieve yeah, yeah i can imagine okay so joachim now we know what is important for you in business but also in life what scores for you and now we are even more curious about your sound souvenir the sound of your core and we are already listening to a very short piece of it here it comes hmm What could that be? Yeah, we will listen to it in full. And you, Joachim, you will also tell us your story about it. But as always, at the end of this episode. Okay, Joachim, so far we've learned that our metro locations are being transformed step by step to be used for two functions. On the one hand, as wholesale stores, of course, and on the other hand, as yeah, food service distribution platform in the future. The magic word here is multi-channel fulfillment center or MFC for short. You've already mentioned it. Um, Joachim, please describe to us what the basic structure of such an MFC looks like. 
Actually, it's not a it's not a rocket science uh, in what it looks like. We talk about three archetypes, so this is prototypes. We call them A2, A3, A4. I mentioned it once, and I said you, can, you cannot forget it uh, directly. But just to say, there's uh, three different sub um, species, let's say, of what we call a multi-channel fulfillment center, and that depends on, let's say the size and also the type of logistics facilities that we have. Mm -hmm. The ATs, A2 would be the smallest, and this is more or less only a consolidation area with the ramps that we need to ship the goods. And then you go to A3 and A4, and here we start to see also areas for storing and picking activities. This can go to 3,000, even 4,000 square meters carved out from the cash and carry area only dedicated to the logistics areas. So this would be the, f the, the biggest extent where we have storage areas in all three temperatures um, and the consolidation area and, of course, uh, the ramps for the last mile delivery. Mm -hmm. So the archetype uh, are based on the original sizes of the stores. So the smaller stores is now or will be in the future tape A1, for example. Is that correct? That is a very good question, Ben, and actually the answer is no. There's a, there is a correlation, of course. But as I said before, the, the needed capacity in FSD is calculated, is backward engineered from the sales ambition that we have, the order composition, so depending on the FSD potential in this area and the projection that the team, the country uh, or the store uh, area wants to do, um, this is how, let's say, the perfect infrastructure is determined. Yeah, so the yeah different capacities are also then reflected in the FSD sales that can be achieved yes. with it, right? Correct, exactly. Mm -hmm. As a rule of thumb, we say we can deliver up to 20 million uh, euro um, with an A3 model that has some basic picking uh, in dry uh, installations up to 30 million euro. And then the A4s, they are very heavy animals. Uh, so 40 million in and above. Uh, just to give you an idea, I think one of the most efficient A4 multi-channel fulfillment centers is what uh, Yiji, our uh, Uh, CEO now of um, Macro Czech Republic mm. has put in place uh, with his team in the past years uh, in Prague, Czerny Most Store, mm -hmm. that is delivering 60 million euro plus uh, FSD sales out of 2,500 square meters. So uh, chapeau to the colleagues there in Czech Republic uh, for this achievement. So this is an extreme case, um, uh, but um, it gives you an idea of what is feasible in a cash and carry store. By the way, that is also a machine, so 9,000 square meters overall, and there's 70 million euro cash and carry sales in that mm. uh, big beast uh, on on top. So that is a true uh, multi-channel uh, fulfillment, sweating the asset uh, model. Yeah, yeah. and additionally to your archetypes of, of multi-channel fulfillment centers is coming the standalone depots, of mm -hmm. course, in the future. Um, what is your target picture by 2030 in terms of how the share of sales will be allocated between mm -hmm. the MFCs and the standalone depots? Our share in the current planning is that we have 60% delivered out of the MFCs and 40% delivered out of the standalone depots. And as I said earlier, that might shift to the MFCs because we are understanding how to sweat the assets more, squeeze more capacity out of our MFCs. So there's, it's likely that we see the percentage of the sales delivered by the MFCs rising mm. still. In the beginning, we already touched the topic of um, yeah the new processes and procedures uh, coming with the MFCs uh, for our colleagues in the stores. And to be honest, until now, I thought that out-of-store delivery was totally inefficient because 
first a colleague um, puts the products in the shelf and maybe two minutes later someone else comes and take the products out again to pack a delivery that sounds for me quite yeah, complicated um, why has this process turned out to be the best solution for our delivery that is indeed absolutely that's absolutely right this observation this and by the way also other redundancies uh, There's goods on the shelf and there's different pickers, the cash and carry customer and um, our FSD employee picking, mm. competing for the same. <laughs> so there's some complexities that indeed need to be addressed. And there, when we talk about what are the key elements there and the key changes in, in way of operating, we talk about three parts, which is the space management, the stock management and the install logistics processes that uh, make the difference in order to exactly avoid these issues or potential inefficiencies that you just mentioned. On the space management, we try to arrange or we arrange the multi-channel fulfillment centers already uh, on a macro space allocation. So which article groups are located where in the store, thinking about the two channels. Let me give you one concrete example. There is a, a product category that is logistically a headache, water, toilet paper, uh, these kind of things. So these articles you want to touch as few times as possible logistically. Every time you touch, you pay for it. It costs you. You have your picking mm. cost. So that's why in the MFCs, in these article groups are located, positioned in the cash and carry area as close as possible to your FSD outbound zone so that you have to move the pallet or the goods the shortest distance possible and you only touch it once ideally, uh, both for cash and carry and also for, for the picking part. So this is for the space uh, allocation. Mm. The stock management as well, and we, if, uh, we can dive into this, we will run the processes on both channels, the cash and carry processes, as well as the FSD picking, uh, consolidation, shipment processes, system-driven, so steered and managed by an IT tool. And these systems, this is this is new, they know all the stock locations, they know all the stock that we have. They, these systems will predict how many units I will be selling and they will make sure at the beginning of the day I have enough goods on the shelf mm. and in the picking location and during the night or before or whenever it is uh, the best moment in terms of shift planning as well, they will trigger the replenishment moves. So a lot of intelligence is also contributed by our systems that are just being uh, developed and made to measure to this multi-channel use of our stores. And then this translates, the last point, into, into the efficient install logistics processes where, and I think there, the praise goes to our colleagues in Macropoland. They have found ways of deconflicting the cash and carry activities from the uh, back-end logistics activities, say adopting the principle that whenever a customer is in the store between 7, depends on the country, between 7 a.m. and let's say 6, 8 a.m., 8 p.m., full attention is supposed to be done to customer care, to mm -hmm. attend these cash and carry customers. And as little as possible should be done on logistics back-end activities which is shelf replenishment yeah. or picking. Mm -hmm. So, And they have massively designed their shift schedules uh, and also the profiles uh, of our colleagues working in the stores to be able to focus on the customer and attend the customer when he's there and then massively concentrate logistics activities in the outside hours, let's say, when customers are not there. And that also renders the logistics activities much more productive because you can move faster. You can use different mm. equipment for clefts that you cannot use uh, with customers in the store. Yeah, so a quite complex process that everything goes hand in hand in our stores in the future. And what I've learned is that in the multi-channel fulfillment center, the toilet paper will be placed at the 
FSD platforms. As close um, as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I will indeed. go there there in the future to have it. Uh, yeah, let's conclude by talking about uh, the status of the implementation. And uh, you already mentioned some numbers. Um, our network transformation has been in full swing since this financial year. More than 30 stores have already converted. How do we process now? What are your plans for the coming years? There's a roadmap, which is a theory, and then there's the reality, and I tell you what's the difference between the two. The theory or our strategic plan, uh, let's say, is to launch more or less 50 transformations. This is mainly not opening new stores. This is transforming existing stores, as mm -hmm. we mentioned uh, before. So 50 transformation projects every year. And that is for the next three years. What we see This is getting faster and faster because we will see probably some preponement of them, some of these activities, especially because uh, our FSD sales are growing uh, so rapidly uh, that sometimes uh, in order to have sufficient capacity, we will have to anticipate and do a couple of uh, these projects earlier than planned. But um, roughly 50 50-50 uh, uh, is the next three years uh, our target on the transformation projects in these MFC transformations and also the depot openings. Dear colleagues, I think you feel the same as I do. SCORE is changing Metro at every point of our business. And for me, this is visible not only in the transformation of our store network, but also in our new wholesale approach and the expansion of our delivery and online business. And I've been with this company for a very long time. And I would say that this is, without exaggeration, the biggest business transformation in the history of Metro. And if you want to learn more about it, then take a look at our SCORE pages on United, in addition to all podcast episodes and the scorecard with our most important SCORE KPIs, you will also find the e-learning We Are Multi-Channel Wholesale, which explains SCORE in a very simple and also entertaining way. And for me, it was very helpful to get a clear picture of the individual topics of our strategy with the many examples and explanations. And above all, it gave me some orientation for my daily work. So try it for yourself. You can find the link to our score page on the United homepage or as always in the show notes of this episode. Okay, Joachim. Yeah, we've already learned a lot about Metro's multi-channel network transformation. But now we also want to find out something about you personally once again. And to do that, you have something very personal to share with our colleagues and me. Your sound souvenir a sound that has a very special meaning for you and reminds you of something that is important to you in your life. So Joachim, let's hear it. What sound did you bring? Let me see if I get this uh, to work. I brought it from the street level of the network transformation. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> I... I think I, uh, I know what, what it is. is. Yeah, I think it is a it's a forklifter in the store, maybe. It is uh, the our last mile deliveries. Um, our last mile delivery ah, trucks have uh, from yeah the the the, the platform. Yes, uh, the hydraulic yeah, platforms. Yeah, um, and that is a very crucial moment in the entire process because that means when 
the first part, which is the picking, the consolidation and loading the truck is done. That is the first stressful moment, usually in the early hours of the day. And this closing the hydraulic ramp uh, and with this shutting uh, yeah. sound means, okay, now the next leg starts. That means now you see that the route was planned efficiently and you are able to arrive at your customers on time to make him happy on time and full is uh, our eternal key KPI in everything that is end-to-end logistics. So that is, uh, let's say, an emotional moment when you listen to this, you see, okay, tick on yeah. one and now all the focus on the second yeah. leg and getting on time to our customers. Yeah, great. What a great sound. And it also means if this happens, the ramps are ready to be used. Uh, that means the work is done and yeah. the infrastructure is there to ship. Yeah. Yeah. And I can really imagine that all the colleagues also in the store share your passion and and your joy when you listen to that sound and okay, this part is done. The next part is the delivery to the customers and then, yeah, we start again tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Okay, yeah, thank you for the great sound, Joachim. And of course, also many thanks also on behalf of our colleagues out there for all the interesting information about our store network and how it is changing to grow our delivery business. Yeah, thanks again and all the best to you, Joachim. Thank you, a pleasure, Ben. And to Metro colleagues out there also, thanks to you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of more podcasts and please check out the previous episodes as well. You can find them on United and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to it and recommend more podcasts to all our colleagues. Looking forward to the next episode. Bye-bye and take care. <laughs>